This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. How lucky are we to have the wives that we have? Like it, it's, it, it's proof that God favors fools. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, catch up on all the old episodes, and check out the latest. You're gonna like it. Welcome to the Luke Branquino Show. My next guest is somebody that, while I was watching bull riding before I got involved in doing stuff with them, is a voice that was very familiar. That West, thank you for joining me. Thank you, man. Uh, I have got and got to know you the last few years, and and I think I'm trying to think. The first time we actually sat at a desk might have been at the INFR at the Indian Finals for the ride pass. Was yeah, that we sat the right. desk? I think that's the first time we ever worked together. I. I uh, obviously a big fan before, and and it's one of those weird things where everybody says, you know, don't really meet the people that you're fans of, and it could be, not be more the opposite with you because, you know, being a rodeo fan, I, I obviously, you know, we were drawn to Luke Branqueen, the, the wrestler, right? But when I got to sit down and actually visit with you and, and then work with you, I'm an even bigger fan today than I was then, so. Well, and, and likewise, I mean, I feel the same uh, – and I've been a bull riding fan for a long time, but to be able to go to the events, hear your voice or watch the ride pass, watch the, the, um, you know, the telecasts and all that. And now to be able to sit, well, I guess we don't sit next to each other. You get Brendan and Kate, you got like beauty and the beast on each side, but, uh, uh, to be able to work with you, man, it, it has been an absolute pleasure, you know, and that's what I love about our sport. You could reach out to about anybody you want and say, hey, what can I do to better myself, even though it potentially could take away from you? Yeah, and I've ran in circles where it's very cutthroat, right? And so I, I'll never forget, I sat down with Boyd Paul Hamas one day, and I said, tell me what I need to do to get better. I would do the same thing with Brandon Bates. You know, those guys that were you know, at a different level, the place I wanted to go, those guys would tell me, okay, well, maybe work on this or, or work on that. And I still, to this day, feel that exact same way. I will look at Kate or you or Brandon and say, help me. What do I need to do to get better? How can I be better to work with? Or how can I be better at telling the stories of the athletes? And so while a lot of people will say, hey, help me get better, when a guy like you comes along and, and genuinely wants to be the best he can possibly be, I'm happy to say, this is what I think. I don't know what I'm doing still to this day. <laughs> oh, but, uh, uh, because I think that's the way we get better is we just all, we sit around, we talk, we bounce ideas off each other. And, you know, I'm, I'm with you, man. That's what I love about the team we have and the people we're surrounded with. Well, it's funny. I, you mentioned Boyd Pulhamus's name and the first interviews I've ever did in my life was at the WCRA in Corpus Christi. And I'm sitting, I'm doing color commentary, being just being an analyst yeah. at see something, talk about it, which that is what I am comfortable doing. And, right. uh, they come to me after for the CBS show, the WCRADO CBS show, and like, oh, by the way, you're doing the interviews. And it's like just a, a blank sheet of white paper. Like, wait, 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 
what? What, yeah. what am I doing? And I was, I honestly, I was scared shitless. I didn't know. Um, yeah. Because like I said, you know, I'm used to talk, seeing and talking. Right. And uh, so I did it and I felt like I did a, not a very good job. And I text Boyd because he was the in-arena announcer after, because it was not only on CBS, but it was also live to the, the arena. Right. And uh, so I text Boyd, you know, that night after, and I said, hey, Boyd, how did it go? And he's like, do you want the truth? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, I absolutely want the right. truth. And and you want to talk about criticism, but so like constructive criticism. And yeah. that's, you know, anytime somebody asks me, what can I do better? You always say, this is what you can do better and put a positive spin on it. And that's exactly what, what Boyd did. And um, guys like that in our industry are, are priceless. But the difference is you're receptive of it. There's a lot of people that say that, you know, hey, help me get better. But then they automatically let their ego get in the way and they deflect that constructive criticism and they take it personal. Like with me, I'm like, no, 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 help me, help me, help yeah. me. I know you feel the same way but there's a lot of people that that can't absorb that constructive criticism every single week we show up and i said i want to get better yeah. and if i'm not willing to listen to somebody's opinion of my job then i'm not going to get better so well, I, I appreciate that about you well yeah and in kate's the same way you know she'll she'll throw ideas at me and i'll ask her in fact i try to you know talk to you guys at least right before the event, what do I need to do better, or, you know, call or what, and anything like that. And to be able to have that positivity, say, no, you're doing good, but let's maybe do this a little bit different. And, and again, we want to put out the best product because I was thinking about this last night, because often I think myself as the weakest link on the team, you're only, you're only as strong as the weakest link on your team. So I always thought, and maybe this is, Sounds bad as the week of sleep because I always wanted to get better. I wanted to get stronger and lift everybody, help lift everybody up around me. You know, and, and I think that's what we're put on this earth to do is to glorify God and to help as many people as we can. This isn't probably the platform to really get on a soapbox, but I can't stand Kate Harrison. I can't stand <laughs> her because she, she's so sneaking perfect. She's so yes. good at her job and she is her worst critic. She's worse. She, Oh, it's so bad. And I'm like, if I was half as good as you are, you would you would see me walking around like this all the time. I just can't stand the girl. She's so good at her job. And like we we all are uh, are very lucky to have her on the team. So out of viewer ask, are there any left-handed steer wrestlers that compete left-handed in the steer wrestling? And if you get injured, can you switch over to the left-handed side? Are steer wrestlers switch hitters? I will answer it later in the show, so stay tuned. Boy, she is, and, and the one of the first, I guess, not the first time I got to work with her, because I'd done little bits and pieces with the PVR, or just showing up at the World Finals, and they're like, hey, come on and do this pre-show, whatever. Uh, but one of the first times I actually got to sit in the same booth with her was at the American yeah. In 2022, I guess, 21, 22, you know, right. working with her and McBride and, and myself, I talk about feeling like the the weakest link for sure when right. you had those two people you're working with, you know, but she is so, she's so meticulous about everything she does. And you're right. She is the hardest on herself, which again, I guess probably that's why she is as good as she is. That I've gotten to learn from her. I learn from her every week, but before that set under 
you know, the, the Craig Hummer tree and just yeah. whether he knew it or not, I was studying everything he did. And that guy is just such a, a good human being. He's such a professional and we're all benefiting from, from him being a part of the industry. So lucky man, we've been surrounded and Jeff Metters, like there's so many great, great Justin McKee yeah. and, and we've gotten to rub shoulders with, uh, with, uh, the best and the best. So, and I know you've got to experience working with multiple people in this industry, but you know, myself as well with Jeff Metters, Bush Knowles, Joe Beaver, um, Justin McKee, Ty McClary, old mighty duck. You know, we get to, we get to work with some of the coolest people and I, Craig Hummer, I've got to work with him too, you know, and to be able to say that we've been in the same booth and get to experience the same championships you get to see the same championships you know i got to watch rc landingham win a million bucks right. with ty murray and craig hummer i mean that is i got two legends one a you know a television legend and then the other a rodeo legend i'm sitting in the same booth get to experience that and talk about it so you've got to do the same and and that's what i love about our industry you know right. it's just it's tight-knit and everybody's there to to work together yeah the 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 most nervous i've ever been in my entire career was the first year I did the American at AT&T Stadium, and I'm working with Randy Schmutz and Bob Tallman. And I know Bob's been on your, your podcast before, and, I mean, that's it's Bob Tallman, forget yeah, me, right? And I'm getting to work with him, and we start with me and Schmutz doing the bareback riding. And I'll never forget, we're about three horses in, and he looks at me, and in his most Bob Tallman way, he says one word. And it's a word that you can kind of take either way. And I just looked at him and I kept trying to do my job and I kept looking at him and I said, what? And he said it again. And I didn't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing. And and then he patted me on the back and made sure I knew it was a good thing. And, but I've never been so nervous in all of my life, you know, standing in what (laughs) one of the most prestigious rodeos in the world, obviously AT&T stadium and, and it's next to Tolman and Schmutz, two guys that I just think the world of. And so, um, but for a guy like that of his stature to just kind of put his arm around me and make me feel comfortable, I hope someday I can do that for somebody. And so, and, and you already have. I man, I, I feel like I don't know. I don't feel like I'm at a place where I can really feel like like I can give back as much as I want to. You know what I well, mean? Like, I hope someday that I can walk into a room. After I'm, you know, on in a wheelchair or a walker, and somebody look and, and go, man, that guy contributed as much as he possibly could to the lives of other people. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. And gave to this industry and, like, I, I mean, I put my heart and soul into this. I mean, yeah. I hope that someday... 
people, I don't need accolades. I don't need a pat on the back. I just hope when I'm dead and gone, somebody goes, man, that was cool. What, what he was trying to do for us. Well, I think you're you're there and going. Well. I have all the buckles you have. I've got a blank wall. You've got all these buckles and everything, and so yeah. So, out of viewer ask, are there any left-handed steer wrestlers that compete left-handed in the steer wrestling? And if you get injured, can you switch over to the left-handed side? Are steer wrestlers switch hitters? To my knowledge, no. I do not know of any left-handed steer wrestlers that steer wrestle left-handed competition-wise. In fact, I don't even know if you can per the rule book. Um, but who knows? It's it's the rodeo. You change the rules as you go sometimes. But to that point. To that point, I don't want to be known. This is just for my own person. I don't want to be known about the guy that has all the buckles. I'm like you. I want to be known as the guy that gave back to the sport and helped make it better and helped grow it. And, again, it doesn't matter how many gold buckles you have. You guy could have zero, but as long as they are remembered for – in fact, they may be worth more of their weight saying, this guy helped build back the industry, helped get it going, moving forward with it, and helped raise it up. And, and this guy won eight gold buckles. Well, he was an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that that helped build the industry yeah. to its maximum. And um, again, I think that's that's you're there, and you're just you just keep going way above and beyond. But uh, that's what I want to get into. What what started you into to rodeo? Because we've talked, you know, a little bit. You you didn't compete, correct? My my parents both like like grew up, and I've, I've been around rodeo my entire life. My dad did a little bit. My mom did a little bit. Um, my dad's best friend was a bull rider and lived a mile down the road from us. And I go back to like, I was always a shy kid, super introverted. Um, and one day we were at a little bull ride. He built a practice bin for his kids to ride in and started these little junior bull riding uh, events. And one day we were making fun of the announcer. <laughs> and because it was a guy we knew and we were just like, man, he's terrible. And so he said, okay, big mouth, you're doing the next one. And it was supposed to be me and another buddy of mine. And I didn't want to do it. And lo and behold, he forced me to do it. My buddy that was supposed to be there with me ditched town, got out of here, went, went back to school. And so here I am all by myself getting ready to announce this little kid's bull riding. And I was scared to death. How old were you? Man, I was, I was, it would have been 2003. So I was in my twenties, but I was still very, very shy. And um, yeah, it was, it was actually May of 2003. I'll, I'll never forget that for some reason, but I did one and I was scared to death. I was sweating the whole time we get done and I'm getting ready to leave. And the lady says, are you going to do the one next month? And I said, no, ma'am, I'll never do this again. And she said, well, if you change your mind, it pays $75 cash and uh, let me know. And I said, yeah, I'll be here. <laughs> what else do I need to do? And so I did three, like three of those. And, and I met a guy named Tim Fuller. What do do? And I said, what do you mean? He said, you want to be a rodeo announcer? I said, I didn't even really, you know, know that I is could. That a job? Is that a job? Yeah. Is, is this a real conversation we're having? And I mean, I, I had never thought about it because I grew up listening to Clint McSpadden. Going right. to the Lindsay with my my family and like Clem had been the voice of my rodeo fan base for my whole life. And long story short, I did my first rodeo in 2004. It was a disaster. That's a story we'll get into another time. 
Um, but it kind of snowballed. And it was at one of those junior bull riding events that Justin McKee's wife came just to watch because they were bored on an afternoon. And she called Justin and she was like, hey, Matt's actually decent at this and, and he can make this fun. I think he could fill in for you guys at one of those PBRs because they were looking for a guy. Long story short, Justin calls me and then Brandon Bates calls me, Clayton Cullen calls me, and I end up going and doing my first PBR in January of 2007 and uh, kind of filled in a couple of times for the next few years and became the international guy. And then and then now here we are. It's It's been a roller coaster. Man, that's that's crazy. Just started a junior bull riding like that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, terrified. Terrified. And if you, if you would have chickened out and left town too, we wouldn't and have I talked tried. About it. <laughs> I, I tried. I tried. A kid that was supposed to do it with me, he's the ag teacher here at the school where we graduated. And I, I tell him all the time, thanks, man, because I wouldn't have the life I, I have now had it not been for you, you know, bailing on me that time and, and making me do it by myself. But Well, the, the cool thing is starting in, you said your first P-Barrow was 2007? Yeah, January of 2007. So you have got to see some of the very greats compete, Absolutely. win championships and, and got to announce them at, at the events. Yeah. And it's cool because when people always say, well, what's your favorite moments for me, it's always been, I was there doing the interview the night Chris Shivers gave his retirement speech at the world finals and to watch him break down and get emotional. I was there doing the retirement speech for the great Joe Bumgardner. I was like, I've got to be there in these moments where I thought it was Truly special. The end of an era, or I got to do the interview for a guy like Chase Doherty when he wins his first event. And so right. I've gotten to be part of both ends of the spectrum. And those moments that are special in a, in a in an athlete's life, if I can just be along for the ride as a fan, like those are the things that really stick out to me. But you could help yeah. those moments. I've been time with Adriano, with Justin McBride, you know, yeah. with Chris Shivers, and now. J.B. Mooney, Jose B. Torlimi. I mean, I feel like the luckiest bull riding fan in the world. All right, time for a little rodeo trivia. Which event requires the cowboy to stay on an untamed horse's back for eight seconds? To hear the answer, you're going to have to stay tuned. Keep watching the show because I will answer it a little bit later. Well, but you could help those moments because Lord knows, which they are getting better, and, and I was one of them. But when a, when an athlete in our industry is interviewed, it could be a tough – it could be tough. I know from both, being on both sides of that, but you could help make that moment that much more memorable for them, but right. also for the fans that are going to remember it forever too. And that's what I think you do an amazing job at is taking those moments – and making them even bigger and better than if somebody just, you know, ask them the question and, and then go on with it. And that's what is so great about you. And you talked about it. People remembering what you've done for the sport. That is to me what you have done so well for the sport. I, I appreciate that. I, I try to like, my goal is to make sure that people see their personality. Yeah. And if I need to go talk to a guy before the show and say, Hey, this is what we're going to, we're going to do. This is what I'm going to say. You just be you. And that, right. That's what I want. Because at the end of the day, we're fans of athletes because of who they are or what we see from them. Give me a reason to connect to them. 
Like if, if people knew the Luke Branquino that I know that I get to hang out with, that they would love you even more. And so I've always looked at my job as that way. Like if I can just show a little bit of what I know behind the scenes, people will be even bigger fans of these guys. And so, yeah. so I've done that. I agree a hundred percent. I know one thing that did benefit me tremendously is when the U S army picked us up, a few of us Cowboys to sponsor uh, in 2004, we had to part of our requirement signing the contract is go to media training. And it was a full day of yeah. learning how to talk in front of the camera. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And I do feel like our sport is getting better, but I still think there's a lot of Cowboys that who would benefit a lot through the media training. Uh, but with a guy like you, you make it where – Sometimes they don't need media training because you just pull it out of them naturally. And that's what's impressive. Well, we're friends with the guys, right? Yeah, and exactly. So when you know somebody, it's easy to have a conversation. Like we could sit and do this all day. We could do this every day, seven days a week. You and I could sit and talk because we're friends, right? And, and we know each other and we, it, we can carry on a conversation. And a lot of times people just get nervous because they don't really know how to address somebody. But if you know them, you know how to talk to them. And that's I spent a lot of time just trying to be around the guys. So I know their personalities. I know how to make them comfortable and, yeah. and uh, hopefully that reflects. Well, and sitting down at, at, uh, at our little, at catering before our production meeting at the events, listening to you and Scott Schiffner, you and Brendan Clark. I mean, you were around these guys 2007. I hear stories, of you riding in vans and watching wrestling matches and, you know, hanging out with them. So you just, you threw yourself into that lifestyle and some of the stories were, were amazing. And like you said, to have that connection with them and then get to talk to them with the camera from just makes it so much easier. Yeah. I mean, me and Brendan Clark, we've literally traveled the world together. We've been, you know, all over the U.S., up in Canada, back to Australia. I did his hometown event several years in a row. And, and so we have been all over the world together. Same with Scott Schiffner, same with a lot of these guys, you know, and, and, and I was young and, and traveling and seeing things that I had never seen before. And so I, I kind of fell right into the, the same lane as all of them. We were about the same age, enjoyed the same things. And so uh, it was fun. And we've got, I've gotten to live a life that, you know, a lot of people can only dream about. And now to get to share these moments with, with my friends, it's, it's, it's a dream, man. Well, that's it. again for me being able to watch it from the time I started watching bull riding here and now become friends with you is it's it's an honor. Uh, I want to move to something that, and now I have more of a personal relationship is being a fit athlete that I'm not a retired athlete, a fit retired athlete because we've had conversations and I know you got to open up your gym. Um, yeah. What year was that? 2017, I think you yeah. got to open your gym. Yeah. And how cool was that to be able to you know 
I guess before we go to there, I want to talk about what we talked about a couple of days ago. Yeah. When you were when your roommate bought the scale, yeah, and you stepped on it, that kind of pushed you to motivate you into that direction. See, it's it's funny because people never see the shy side of me, and they think, right. "Oh, there's no way you're shy." And people never see this side of me either. That was an athlete in high school, and then when I went to college, I kind of let myself go and get into a, a different lifestyle. And uh, my roommate came home one day from Walmart with a set of bathroom scales. And he threw them down there, and I just – I thought it was funny. I walked in there, I got scales, and when I looked down – actually, when I looked down, I couldn't see the number on the scales. And so I had to back up and try to figure it out, and, and it said 298.8 pounds. And I thought, my goodness, I've, I've gained my freshman and sophomore 100. And uh, I just went and packed my bags, and, and I, I literally moved home at that moment, and I thought – I can't do this. I've got to change my life and change my lifestyle. And uh, I was pushing 300 pounds and I left. I went home. I joined a gym that afternoon. There were people in there, so I didn't work out. Went back a couple hours later. There were people there, so I didn't work out. I did this several times that day. Finally, about midnight, I walked through the door for the first time and was, again, like the first time I picked up a microphone, terrified. I was scared to death. I didn't know what I was doing. It was a whole new world, but I knew I had to do something and make a change. And so that's kind of where I started, you know, and, and uh, I trial by fire, if you will, just trying to figure it out, knowing that I needed to make a change and, uh, you know, accepting whatever I needed to do to make that change. And I've always said that if I could open a place that would make people feel comfortable the second they walked in a door, legitimately comfortable and build a culture to do that, I would. And we were lucky enough. And, and life and opportunity in 2017 to do that. And it's funny because we have one of the most eclectic groups of, of people. I mean, it's, it's pretty diverse in our gym and, and uh, I love it. You know, the, the people you see talking and, and, you know, building this camaraderie, it's, it's, right. it's a lot of fun to see people giving, getting something out of what we created. Well, and that's, that's awesome. And no, and the thing is, like you said, no judgment when you walk in, it doesn't matter if you weigh 400 pounds or if you weigh 120 pounds, no judgment. You go, you go take care of yourself, get healthy. I know for me to, to what you were saying, I went my whole rodeo career and we go to the gym and mess around. But one 2004, I went home, got on scales, 292 pounds. I had no idea I was that big. And, and I mind you, it was, it was not muscle. Um, you know, I had muscle underneath somewhere. Um, so I kind of, you know, I did the rodeo diet. I lost some weight, went and rodeoed in the wintertime and um, got hurt and then went to physical therapy. So I was in good shape when I came back. But that just that was a roller coaster, man. I mean, it was up and down. I'd go from 260 to 250 to 280 to 260. And this was my whole career being a diabetic. That's not the most healthy way to live your lifestyle. Right. So retirement hits. And I put a picture on social media of me standing next to uh, my oldest son, Cade, which you, you got to see this last weekend, yeah. uh, his eighth grade year football pads. And I, I got an athletic shirt on, athletic shorts and a ball cap. And I got man boobs. <laughs> and I looked, Lindsay showed me this picture. I'm like, what in the hell? And this was already after. I mean, she just sent it to me not that long ago. But September or January 1, January 7th, I went to the doctor back in California. I got on the scale. It was 287 or something. And I thought, oh, I'm a little heavier than I used to be. Not, you know, no big deal. I guess you just don't look at yourself in the mirror or, or whatever. Because I went from that point and then we started a reset for a week. And I just, I kept that going. 
And right. I am down to 238 now, so roughly 50 pounds. But when I went started going to the gym there in January, I was the same way. Like I would, I went and got my membership. I'd slide the card, and, or if there was cars parked out there, I'm like, hey, I'll just wait. Um, yeah, it's nerve wracking, and and at times when you really get into it, it can be depressing. And and I went through that whole roller coaster of up and down and trying to figure out what you know what I was supposed to do, and then I'd start backsliding and it'd get a little bit depressing, and and so I. I make another effort to move forward, but people don't realize the the mind games it can play on a guy. And then when you look back and you see where you've gotten to, you don't realize it in the moment. And, and then you start to have health issues. And that was the other thing. That was the other really kick in the face for me is, is I spent a week in a hospital in Nashville one time living on an IV. I, I got bad pancreatitis. And then when I, left there they were telling me my triglycerides were super high my cholesterol was like i was gonna have a heart attack if i didn't fix things and so again we had another full lifestyle change and kind of kicked it into overdrive and so for me that's what i think about every day is is i'm too young to have a heart attack i'm too young to be dealing with these things and so i, I that's kind of what motivates me now is like i want to live a long uh healthy life if I want to be to see my friend's kids grow up, I want to be around to experience all these things and, and be able to give back. And so if I'm not trying to be healthier every day, then um, I'm going to miss out on that. So it, it's scary. It is. Well, I know we talked about it just again a couple days ago. Yeah. Sitting working out is the easy part, but the diet for me, man, it, and being diabetic, it's hell, they had donuts at the catering. I'm like, gosh, those look good. <laughs> Um, you know, and same with you, your sweet tooth, your ice cream, you know, it's I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, we had that conversation and I'm going to be fully transparent on the way home. We stopped at Brahms. I had to get ice cream. Brahms vanilla ice cream is my absolute kryptonite. It is the worst thing in the world. It, it's like, it's like the ex-girlfriend that keeps dragging you back, right? You know, everybody's had that breakup and you try to push them out of your life and they just keep calling Brahms ice cream is that that just keeps calling me well mine's the hershey kisses i haven't been over to my parents house yet and i and i need to stay away because every time i open the refrigerator door there's always a bag in the fridge and I, cold hershey kisses can't beat them but so you gotta, i'm gonna try to you gotta see the parents you can't just stay away so i mean yeah you might have to make the problem is i and i told you this i get so mad at myself as i'm reaching in grabbing them out and Pulling the foil wrapper off, I mean, I'm like, why in the hell am I doing this? Oh, I'm out. Go get another handful. Yeah, it's it's kryptonite. I do the same thing. But I've gotten to a point in life where I don't let it get me down. You know, we, we make choices in life, and we got we to gotta accept them. And, and so I've accepted my downfalls. Yeah, Lindsay makes fun of me when we go to Dairy Queen because I'm obviously sweet. Ice cream doesn't matter. But the kid's size... The little, the little <laughs> one. So she always takes a picture because it's like this big in my hand, and then she posts it, things that look tiny in Luke's hand, and uh, that's her, <laughs> yeah, that's one of her Instagram deals. Those but. just piss me off. Like <laughs> I get no satisfaction out of something like that, so I'm not even wasting my time. It's go big or go home, man. <laughs> if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna backslide, I'm gonna do it big. Oh man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's right. But I, you know, I'm I'm gonna stay on that little mini one. The the Hershey Kisses, though, I can't I, I eat a pound of them a day if I could. Hey, that's the other thing. We both we both married so far over our head; it's ridiculous. Yes. Like, how lucky are we to have the wives that we have? Like, it's it's 
it, it's proof that God favors fools. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, you and I, look at us. Listen hey. to us. We don't deserve that. I told Lindsay same thing. You know how lucky I am, and she's like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "I'm lucky I didn't kill you when I was that heavy laying on top of you." <laughs> I mean, that's 50 extra pounds. On chest that's, after a yeah. that's a feed sack, and I know how heavy those are. You set that on somebody's body for a while, it's going gonna, it's gonna to suffocate them, right? So anyway, yes, she's oh. lucky that I lost the weight, and I'm lucky I lost the weight or I'd have killed her and oh. wouldn't be here today. And your kids are lucky you lost the weight because now you're getting to enjoy more of it with them. You're getting to enjoy more life, and, and you know we're going to be around longer. Well, it, exactly. And to that to that point, they're enjoying it because now I go work out. So they see me going to work out. Now they're like, hey, maybe we should work out. And I feel so bad for Bear because he's seven. Actually, he'll be eight here in a couple of days. But I'll go to the gym. He's like, can I go in with you? And I'm like, oh, because I, I don't know the rules at, at your gym, but, you know, awful little. And, and if I'm trying to get my workout in, I can't focus on him and say, Hey, stop doing that or stop doing this. And he wants to go in there and work out so bad. So if no other cars are there, I'll let him come in. I'll kind of set down some guidelines like, okay, this is what you can do. This is what you can't do. Don't touch that. You know? So I'll see him over there on the curl machine bar on it. And, and like he sticks that pin in the very bottom and he just <laughs> to do this, which I get a kick out of to me when they see positive things from a parent like that, it just snowballs into them life too. Yeah, I mean, it's good parenting. And, and the fact that you're willing to not just take them, because I deal with that as a gym owner, there's nothing that makes me more pissed off than somebody that brings their kids, throws them in the floor, and then goes somewhere else. But, like, if you're actually – and I hope they're watching this so they know. Um, but, but if you're going in there and you're trying to teach them, like, that's good parenting, man. And you're leading by example. And so someday they're going to benefit from that. They're going to pass it down to their kids. And, and again, good parenting, man. Good job. Yeah, thank you. I awesome. mean, and don't get me wrong. It's not always like that. Sometimes I got 45 minutes and I need to hammer it out. And I'm like, you just sit there. You could walk on the treadmill. Funny story. He was walking on the treadmill one time. And I look over and this treadmill is just, I mean, I don't know. Well, he had it set on eight or 10. I don't know. And he's standing on the side of it. And I'm finishing a set. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. He sticks it down. I mean, this thing and shoots him out the back. And he didn't think I was looking, but I knew what was going on. And he gets up. He's like doing this. He looks over at me, and I'm just looking at him. He just puts his head down, walks back, hits the pause button. <laughs> I it skinned him up pretty good, but man, I was like, uh, her, her, he learned himself right there. In our gym, we would have checked on him, made sure he was okay, and then went and got the surveillance footage and put it on Instagram. That's what we for the longest time we had Fall Friday, and it would be people like my mom, bless her heart, stepped on the back of my dad's treadmill. She didn't mean to, but my dad had stepped on the sides, and then my mom went to walk off, and for some reason her foot caught, and I mean, down goes Frazier, and so we put it on there. Haley Proctor is a is a member of the Fall Friday Club because she fell on a treadmill and Shane she's screaming at Shane and, and it's just so funny and then I did it and, and it might have been where I broke my back JB was actually at our gym one time and, and Shane and 
you know, these bull riders have this crazy balance and they'll jump on a medicine ball and they'll sit there and they'll balance on it. Well, I've done it. You know, I've been doing it for years. And apparently the ball that I jumped on had a little too much air in it because when I jumped on this ball, I went flat down to my tailbone and landed on concrete. And uh, my mom made me post that on Instagram because I was making fun of everybody else. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but it, it's in good fun, right? I mean, oh, yeah. everybody, it's all fun and games. I know. I it's do like experience. Yes, a learning experience. I do love those little Instagram reels where you see those people on the treadmill. Oh. There was one old a gal got her drawers ripped off her too. I think had to been getting some grip on it. Yeah, I mean she had underwear on, but her anyway. It's, just check. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But no, that was uh, yeah. He he. But he wants to go every day. Like I'll go. I got to drop the boys off or one of them off at six thirty, six fifteen for football practice. The youngest. Then I'll go to the gym. And poor Barry, he's like, and again, if there's a bunch of cars there, I'm like, just stay in the truck and we'll, you know, we'll come work out again. But if there's not, he's up and at him. So I got out of the gym this morning and he's outside the truck running laps because there was people there, a lot of people. And he's like, yeah, I just did my exercise. And he said, I'd move that concrete so I could build a house later. So he's moving chunks of concrete, running around the truck. So anyway. But they're active and yeah. they're showing excitement about something. We live in a society, man, not, not to get too off in the weeds here, but there's so much laziness in the world. And there's so many kids that don't want to be active, that don't want to get out and do things like that. So like take pride in that. Take pride. You, you've been, you guys have done very well with your kids. You've got great kids. They're so respectful. They're so polite, but they ambition to go do something in life. And that's, that's so cool to see. Well, and that's something, you know, my dad did for me, you know, he's whatever, he was doing, I tried to do, and he always showed me, you know, the, the right way or, you know, yeah. even, and I was thinking about this the other day, I were welding up some top rail and uh, Cade wanted to, to learn to weld. And, and, I, and I do get caught in it, don't get me wrong, you get caught up in needing to go fast and, and get it done. Um, right. You, you look at, like you said, unfortunately, society nowadays, I don't think there's a lot of that going on. Right. I wanted to play baseball because my dad was a baseball player. And, and I spent my whole childhood listening to everybody talk about how good my dad was. And, and like, so that's what I wanted to do. You know, I mean, I think that, that we all grow up wanting to be like our, our parents or somebody in our family. And that was, you know, that was the big reason that I started playing baseball. That was my first love because that's what my dad did. And, um, you know, so I, I can appreciate that. And I, now I know that your boys have the bulldog in blood. Uh, <laughs> They've been bit by that bug, and so it's cool to watch. And it's cool to watch how you're going out of your way to try to help nurture them in that process and, and teach them. Well, Matt, I appreciate you coming on. I know uh, you know they're absolutely going to love love hearing this and and hearing our insights and our tenderness side, the feelings we wear on our sleeves and, and all We're that. We're babies. We're yeah. big babies. <laughs> I meet one of those binkies, and every time I watch a movie, I just have it and put it in. But. My wife has a warm... Uh, glass of milk over here and then I'm going to go lay down. She's going to cover me with a blanket and I'm going to take a nap today. She's going to try rocking you a little bit? Probably, yeah. Yeah, just pat <laughs> me on the head till I fall asleep. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Well, I appreciate it, man. Um, it, was, it was fun catching up with you. Man, I appreciate you. I, I do. I truly love having you around on the weekends. You're a great human being. Uh, you make me want to be better as a man and uh, I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of the podcast, everything you're doing. 
super cool to see. You're, you're adding a lot to our industry and to the lives of, of all of us. So keep doing what you're doing, buddy. Well, thank you. But before we go, I did almost forget something. Matt West now, your podcast. You where where can they catch up on catch up on that? We are uh, I don't think I've officially told anybody this, but we're going to relaunch it. Um, we've taken several months off, but we are gonna we're gonna relaunch it. It's gonna have a little different tone to it. It's gonna have a little different uh, group of characters and the guests are gonna be different. It's not gonna be the same same podcast you're seeing uh, in the past. So we're going we're gonna to take a different path. But uh, everything social media is Matt L. West. And the L is for my middle name, which we won't talk about. I don't guess I know that yet. I'll do so. I'll... Megan, will surely. If you listen close, there's some of the guys that will call me by that and nothing else. You'll never hear them call me Matt. You're oh, really? Call me by my middle name. Yeah. yeah. Start having to pay attention a little better. Every once in a while, you'll hear it. All right, Matt. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, buddy. Bet. Well, there are two events that require a cowboy to stay on an untamed horse's back for eight seconds. One is the bareback bronc riding, and the second is the saddle bronc riding.